Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Duckleheads podcast. With me as always, right over there, is my main man, Reggie. What's up, Reg? Hey, Ken. I'm good, man. How are you, brother? Uh, I'd, I'd be a little bit better if uh, Washington could have traveled if washington could have traveled to washington and walked away with a win today um but you know came up short at the very end down to the wire uh win or lose this is a, a very very typical washington game but um yeah when 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 it was when when the final horn sounded uh everything went double zero Washington lost 29 to 26 to the Seattle Seahawks. I started to say Washington Seahawks by accident because I mentioned Washington State. Um, and while I think overall Washington played a solid game, um, you know, they, they came up short and clearly they need to make uh, make better moves, but like make less mistakes, hurt themselves less. Um, what are some of your initial thoughts before I, we start breaking down things a little bit more granular? Yeah, uh, my initial thought, man, is you know, I gave my, my confidence number headed to this game was four because I just obviously didn't have a whole lot of confidence that we would win the game, but I kept telling myself win or lose this was going to be a tough game right okay in fact i'm surprised that i think both teams put up 25 plus points but i kept trying to remind myself this is going to be a tough game so as the game was going along and it was kind of ugly i was saying you know to myself but i i, I knew this was going to be a tough game i knew it's going to be a tough game and that's ultimately what it ended up being where I struggle with it is, one is we never can seem to play a complete game. We started off in this game hot, we, then we hit a low during the middle part of the game, and then of course at the end of the game we seem to fire on all cylinders and can move the ball, and get some chunk plays, and get ourselves, and you're like, where was this two quarters ago? All right. So. Here we are not 10 weeks in, into the season and we still yet to put a complete game together. And then, but again, it's going to be a hard fought game. The problem is, and where again, as a fan of the team where it hurts is, even when Washington is involved in a hard fought game, a close game, you take both Philly games, you can use the game today as an example, we get in there, and we do it, but we, we're always on the short end of the stick. We always are the team that comes up short. Any, any casual person go, man, that was a good game. But we're always on the losing end of it. And so that's where it just seems to be like, like a beat down, so to speak, right. uh, uh, mentally dealing with it consistently. Um, year after year where we get into these game and it's always tough man we, we we gave it all and man if it was just one more play here right. one more stop there but we get into these games and we think we're good enough and we always come up short and that's just where it's just kind of 
kind of wears on you and beat you down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I can't disagree with anything that you say there. Um, I think going into this game, you know, I, I had a higher um, confidence level. And I just felt like this is going to be the game that things clicked for Washington. Um, and in some ways, they Washington played a better game than what we have the last uh, few weeks overall from, from beginning to end. But, you know, to your point, we can't, you know, the offense that we saw in the fourth quarter and the beginning of the, the I'll say the first drive, um, we went, you know, at least two quarters in the middle that we didn't see a whole lot. It was, it was sputtering even when we, you know, got, uh, we got the initial touchdown and then a couple field goals, but even those field goals were kind of like sputtering, struggling. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're dragging yourself through mud to get those couple field goals. Um, yeah. and then in the, in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, things kind of, op- to your point, it opened up, um, I mean, fourth quarter really kind of throughout the game, but fourth quarter is, is the quarterback that you want for the future, right? Um, how had two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. Um, and even, I think even in the third quarter, he had a couple throws where he he's, on one foot kind of leaning back or, or kind of awkwardly he's not set and planted and he fires the ball, you know, 15 yards. Um, and you're like, man, that guy's got an, got an arm on him. Uh, his, his touchdown passes, uh, that he threw were, were really good passes. Um, and, and while we're talking about Sam, I'll go ahead and go over some stats real quick. Uh, okay. what, one of the biggest thing is this is the third straight week where he's thrown over 300 yards. Um, I'm sure we'll probably hear it in the next couple of days, but I wonder when the last time we had a quarterback that threw for 300 yards in three weeks, uh, back to back to back. Um, not common here in Washington by any means. Uh, if, he, I, uh, if I just had to guess, go on a limb, like say it may have been Kirk Cousins, but yeah, and I don't to, even, if you, even if you say it was Kirk, prior to Kirk, it, it's been a very, very long time. So right. at, at best is Kirk Cousin at worst. At best. Right. Hell, and it might not have been knows. it might not have been Kirk. Right. Um and, and and some of Kirk's numbers were inflated because we'd be down by a large chunk and, and they'd be kind of playing in a prevent different defense and he would get some late game yards. Um but you know how uh, had a 66% completion rate. Uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions, like I said, for 312 yards. Uh, yeah, he was a good uh, fantasy play this week. Um, he had a quarterback rating of 109.3. So I think the um, over 100 is a, is a very good game. I think the benchmark is normally about 90. Anything over 90 is a, is a solid game. Um, and he had nine different people that caught the ball. Uh, including running backs, and and he actually threw it to eleven because Crowder dropped one and uh, a couple to Dotson that were not completed. So he threw the ball to eleven different people. He's spreading the ball out. Uh, the the leading receiver wasn't a receiver. Uh, it was B Rob. Uh, had 
six catches for 119 yards. He had eight carries for 38 yards. Uh, second receiver, next receiver was Gibson with five catches for 42 yards, uh, four carries for 13. Um, so when you when you sound when you hear all that, you think that there's a whole lot more production, and there were periods where there was some good production. But there was also some periods, like I said, where it was just struggling, struggling. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just one of those games you kind of shake your head and it, it could have been a whole lot better. Um, def- defensively, I mean, unfortunately, you say you gave up 29 points and, and that's not a good game, but I, I, I'm going to wait. And and somebody tell me at what point are we missing young and sweat? Because from a defensive line putting pressure, they get they they put pressure on uh, Geno Smith today. Uh could always Wait, be are more you, because, are, you, are you saying that from the perspective of you think as a unit we're now missing those guys, or are you saying no, that not at all? Gonna, I'm, I'm saying we're not missing them. Okay. I'm I'm saying that that I don't see any pass rush difference. Or production difference, or any difference between the in in the two games that Young and Sweat have not been there, right? So for for whatever reason, they they may go to San Francisco and Chicago and and the scheme, they may just go crazy and do well. But in Washington and how they fit in Washington and how they played in Washington under the system that we're playing in. I see no difference. Um, and yeah, that, 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 again, there's some quick numbers and a quick observation uh, related to defense there also. Uh, on the defensive side, man, um, <laughs> you know, first of all, I, I made the, made the uh, bold prediction that the defense was going to look, look better and play better. Um, because of Case uh, Casey Tuhill and Smith Williams and those guys, and I can't say that the defenses look different, but the defense still has some issues. Right. And I'll be honest, I don't know what it is. It's quick and easy to say it's Del Rio. It's quick and easy to say it's the scheme. And I'm not saying that those those aren't legitimate claims, but I don't think it's one issue. Right. Um, you know, do we have all the right players? Man, I don't know. Listen, David Mayo, bless his heart, man. The guy gives it and he tries. Um, you know, it is what it is with him. Uh, St. Juice. I don't think I saw Hurt Fuller's name. Was Fuller active today? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't think he was inactive, and I've never heard his name one time today. There right. was a lot of Percy, Percy Butler. There was the uh, St. Juice, you know, was there. Uh, for the second week in a row, I think uh, Washington was on the bad end of a, of a referee call with the personal foul on the rookie Manuel Forbes. Um, I personally don't feel like it was a helmet to helmet, but even if 
the referee stands by helmet to helmet. I, I don't think, I think we both agree that it was not a ejectable offense. Right. Um, so Emmanuel Forbes, in my opinion, should not have been out of the game. Um, but that being the case, even if he had played, I don't know that the defense would have looked much different. Um, because again, Seattle is no juggernaut offensive team. I mean, hell, they put up three points last week against the Baltimore team. Baltimore is a good team, but 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 nonetheless, Seattle is not just out here killing it. Um, so, it, uh, it, I hate to say it, man, but I'm very, very, very interested and intrigued about how this thing, how different this thing is going to look, because this team is not going anywhere. I'm convinced of it. Right. And uh, I, I think everything is going to be different. And I'm very intrigued on what's going to be different, who's going to be different. Um, we made a comment today as we were watching the game. You know, fans are excited about the new regime, myself included. But are we prepared to tear this thing all the way down? Are we prepared to where this thing, we're looking like the team is getting blown out scoring two, three and, and 10 points because they trade away most of, if not all their assets just to get draft capital. And, and, and trading away your asset is your John Allen, your Paynes, your Dotsons, your, your uh, Terry's, your Curtis Samuels, your Fullers, your St. Jude's. And I'm not saying every single one, but the majority of them can be gone because they're all going to be drafted, right? All right. So, you know, are we prepared for? Because we, because no one knows, no one knows the vision and the direction that the new regime is going to go in. All people know is it's going to look different, and most believe that the head coach, the, the coaching staff, won't be back. Right. That's what we believe. We don't even hell. We don't even know that. Right. Right. And and I, yeah, and I don't disagree. If 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 you're rooting for Ron and the entire regime to go, um, yeah, you. I mean, look at look at Ron when he came in. Now, granted, we would say that we didn't have a good team, right? There was a, there was a, a lot of bad when Ron first joined. Not that we're significantly better now, right? I, but I think if I think we feel that we have a better core team. Um, but look at what Ron came in with and just look two years later. And it was a big, a big change. I mean, it was like well over 50% of the players. Uh, Talent-wise, talent this, team, this, this team is a hell of a lot better. Talent-wise. It's not, it's not equated to wins. Right. But, but considering the talent that he inherited compared to the talent that we have now, it, 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 it's a hell of a lot better. I, well, I'm not going to take that well, away from Robert. And I tend to agree, but it, this is a results-based league, right? And the results are, I mean, I mean, let's be fair also. The first couple years of Ron, he had a whole lot more injuries than he had now. And, and right at this moment, I mean, we're halfway through the season, we really don't have any injuries, right? Okay, let me ask you this, just real quick. The team that Ron inherited, would you have traded for anybody? 
and, and just, 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 just and I know, you, and, and, and I, and I know you don't remember everybody was on that team, but just right, generally right. speaking, you can't recall anybody that was here that was pretty tradable when Ronnie got here. Oh, right? well, other than, other than, other than Trent Williams, um, right. do I miss anybody? No, I don't because I don't, I, I think now we have players that are that, that are that are tradable or are desirable by other teams. Uh, when when Ron came in, I don't think we had very many tradable, and we didn't have very exactly. many that were that were, uh, you know. And, and I always say, I don't know. I got to think of who who in the last year or two that we didn't keep. But when people leave Washington. They might go to another team, but they normally don't go to another team and prosper, right? Um, and so, so I, my I, point I being that, is, we yeah. have we have guys that teams would be willing to trade for now. Correct. When Ron got when Ron got here. We really didn't have that, and so uh, that's yeah, why, yeah, yeah. and that's why I say the results aren't the same. And you're right; this is a results oriented business. The results haven't gotten better. But no question in my mind, the talent has improved drastically during his tenure here. And and, and considering that everybody is healthy, um, I, if anything, that's more more of a reflection on the coaching staff. And that's right? probably why they would get fired. Yes, yes. Um, and definitely, again, I, I I lean more towards the defense. I mean, I, I think everybody across the board, if you had to fire, uh, be enemy or you had to fire Del Rio, um, you know, I mean, we can put up a poll on our, our page if, if we feel the need to, but everybody would fire Del Rio. It'd be a running away, um, yes. you know, 10 to one ratio probably. Um, yes. uh, but you know, and, and, and part of that is because we've had since Ron has been here, we've, from a high profile perspective, we have invested heavily on the defense uh, compared to the offense. Um, you know, yeah, with, a head with, coach with, and our defensive coordinator were former defensive players. Correct. And yet we've not had much success on the defensive side of the ball. And, and who and who we've drafted, uh, even some of the free agents. If you want to go with uh, uh, Jackson, was you know a couple of years ago was was a big pick at the time. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we, we let him go right away. And then uh, he goes to Pittsburgh. And then, I mean, he, he lasted the rest of that season on Pittsburgh. And he's out of the league. So, um, that was William Jackson. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, so, we get to the end of this game here today. And we tied the game up. Yep. Quick. Just a quick answer. Should, should Ron have gone to two? No. Right? No. Okay. Why not? Why not? Um, again, you, you go for two and you have, well, one, it wouldn't have mattered. In, in the long run, it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, I, I felt that in the fourth quarter there, we were doing a decent job of moving the ball. So if it went into overtime and we got the ball first, I felt like we stood a chance of not only scoring, but scoring a touchdown and ending the game that way. Um, unfortunately, our defense, you know, kept on giving up chunks. Uh, 
Seattle was able to run the ball a lot more efficiently in the in the second half. The first half we were doing well against uh, against the run. They were moving the ball, but the second half, man, they they started picking up chunk chunk yards running the ball, and you know it, it is what it is. But uh, I would have gone for uh, just the one point at that at that point of the game and how it was going. I know hindsight's always twenty twenty, and and you include that hindsight that okay we were up by one they came back kick a field goal and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. <coughs> uh, do you have a different opinion? Um, nah, I I don't know that I cared one way or the other to be quite honest. Yeah. I I I tend to lean to the side of you give yourself the best chance, and so the best chance for me would have been to tie the game up and go into overtime. Right. If you go for two and try to win, and I say that only from the perspective of I don't think we're a very good team. So what do you got to lose? But right. um, from the perspective of if you want to give yourself the best chance, then you tie the ball game and you're forcing the overtime and you you try to go win it there. Um, but as soon as it happened, I turned to you and I said, now we need to see whether or not the defense can keep these guys from making these chunk plays. And what do we do? Yep. We give up some big runs. We give up some slants to uh, – Metcalf, yes. and then he gets yards after the catches. And what do they do? They go right down the field, yeah. get in the field goal range. And it's like all the defense needed to do, man, was keep these guys from getting in field goal range. Right. I mean, I mean, and, and I say that's all they had to do as if it's easy. But at the end of the day, they get paid to do just that. I didn't even, I, I didn't even want them to get – I didn't need them to get a three and out. Right. It wasn't like a situation where they needed three and out. You just needed to hold them and not let them get too far beyond midfield to get in the field goal range. Your your offense just went down and tied this ball game up to give his team a chance. And all you had to do was stop them from getting in field goal range. Not stop a touchdown, not force a three and out, just simply keep them from getting in field goal range. And we couldn't even do that. Yeah. And they go right down the field and kick a field goal as time expires. Yeah. It uh I wouldn't say it was surprising, but it's yeah, it's like, come on, guys, just one time. One time this year, uh make that play. Uh, you know, get the deflection interception, um, get a get a sack fumble. Uh, get a sack period right um i mean this this is what we talked about with chase young and and montez sweat that you know the final drive they typically didn't have that that sack um that that you want to see in your premier tight ends um from from the line perspective and i said tight end defensive end i'm sorry um uh the, the listeners will will correct me quickly if i don't if i don't correct myself on that um and so we have we have different ends but it's still the same results we we put some pressure on him um but man there there were times where he had just uh geno smith had just way too much time back there and not uncomfortable uh, on a consistent yeah. basis um yeah. can't, can't put the ticker up um yeah you're right man there were times where the the the, the defense got some pressure, but he was able to escape the pressure, extend the play, right? right. 
And, you know, but Sam did the same thing. Um, Sam did a lot of that during the game. You know, his, his, his athletic ability allowed him to escape some of the Seattle pressure. And he got outside, and, man, he made at least two incredible uh, throws to B-Rob. Right. B-Rob had, had I got to believe, it was a record day for him, at least from, the, from a receiving perspective. And right. But that all stemmed from Sam. Man. Sam sidearming balls and, and just incredible play. So to anyone out there that does not think that Sam Howe can be or is our QB1, I would love to hear your reason why. I mean, is there is it is it because you're looking at another quarterback that you think would be better that you think has a higher ceiling? Because again, the NFL is littered with guys who were the next big thing in the first round coming out of college, and then and then they get in the NFL and they flop. Right? Are we looking beyond what we already got and thinking we're going to get something better? But I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've not seen anything that makes me think that Sam is just – Sam's not the guy or, the, or can be the guy here. And to see this kid improve every week, and he certainly looks a whole lot different from week one, I, I, I don't know what more the kid can do. He, he's one of 22. But what more do you expect him to do? Going into this game, Sam was the second leading passer in the NFL. He was sixth or seventh in the NFL in passing touchdown. And although he was sixth or seventh in the league, he was only five behind the leader. Right. So what do you, I mean, what do you want the kid to do? But right. yeah, I'd love to hear someone's argument as to me is why he's not. You, if you don't believe that he is, then tell me why he's not. Yeah. Um, and then, again, I think he was oh, – let me see if I have it I have it written down here. Um, trying to think what his touch – I think he is – I think he was 14. I think now he's 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, those nine interceptions, four of them, basically half of them, were in one game against Buffalo. So you, you throw away the Buffalo game. Uh, again, he's a rookie quarterback. <laughs> um, take away that one game because he had no touchdowns that thrown that game. He's 17 touchdowns and five uh, interceptions. I'll take that all day. With the yards that he's yeah. putting up also, the amount that he's that he's uh, throwing, it's not like he's, you know, when he's quarterbacks, it's only throwing 25 times a game, right? He, he's He's... Uh, he, he dropped, he had 44 passes, got sacked three times. So it was 47 attempts. Um, and, and he's, he's just not that he plays error free, but the amount of plays that he makes compared to mistakes that he, that he makes. Um, and the mistakes that he makes is, you know, not throwing the ball away. Um, that's, that's his number one mistake. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. it's not it's not his throws. You don't sit there and go, oh man, I I can't believe he threw that ball. Very few times, right? If if anything, you're like, oh man, I can't believe he threw that ball. But that was a good catch. You know, if the yeah. results ended up being good. There's not too many times where you look at, 
and it happens to every quarterback out there, but there's not too many times you th- he threw the ball this year that should have been an interception that wasn't. You know, like, oh, he's lucky that wasn't an interception. Has it happened once or twice? Yes. Yeah. But consistently, that has not happened. Um, he's accurate with his passes. Um, he, he's got he, he's got a good touch, and he has a cannon both. Um, I've got no problem with Sam Howell uh, being our starting quarterback next year. And I imagine that there's, you know, a majority of teams that are looking or trying to figure out a quarterback would love to trade places with Washington from a quarterback perspective. Um, again, he's a, he's a rookie. He's only going to get better. And I like what I see right now. Absolutely. And the draft class that he came in, the rest of those guys are not nowhere near what Sam is as quarterback in this league. Um, I, I said it today also that I think unless the new regime comes in and decide they, they're not interested in Sam Howe and they want to use Sam as straight bait and get draft capital, which they're in their right to do. I hope that's not the case. But if they keep Sam Howe here, all decisions going forward should be about what's in the best interest of Sam Howe. And whether that's keeping EB around because you're getting continuity in the system, whether, however you approach a new head coach and GM, if you want to change the system, but it should be geared toward how you improve on Sam Howe, how you go, go about free agency, how you go about the draft next year. Again, it should be about how do you help Sam Howe. Right. I put a little bit on Twitter. You see all the fans, right? As this year started out, it was all about how terrible our offensive line was. And it was bad. And how Ron Rivera and the, and the regime, how they failed in free agency. We brought yep. in Gates. We brought in Wiley. We, we, they, they were the second-tier guys. We didn't pay big money for some other good uh, uh, linemen. We went through the draft. We waited till I want to say, the third round before we picked up a lineman. We should have drafted this guy and that guy who was a first-round guy. We should have picked this guy in the second round. All the kind of things. Fans were just screaming about how bad the old line was and what we did not do as an organization. Right. Now, guess what everybody's screaming for? Oh, everybody want to go pick up the tight end in the first round for, out of Georgia. So, so what happened? Again, all your decisions should be about how do you improve and help Sam Howell. You right. go out and you and you go out and you solidify the offensive line. And listen, I'm not saying Bowles is not a good player and will, and that he won't be. But if you protect Sam Howe and you improve around Sam Howe, then how do you know that Cole Turner is not enough? Right. How do you know that Amar- Amarni Rogers is not enough? Because if you go and you get a first-round tight end and you can't get in the ball, ask Atlanta how that works. You go and you get Kyle Pitts, but you don't have anything to help get the ball to him. Then it doesn't matter that you've got this generation of talent at the tight end position if you can't get him the ball. So, very, very, very hypocritical of our, of our fans. Offensive line sucks. We need to improve. Ron Rivera didn't do anything. And the first chance we get next year is everybody want to go pick a tight end. And I think well, it's the dumbest thing. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's the I, thing. I, yeah, I think next year. I mean, right, right now we're 
four and six, right? That that with that ratio, that means you in the last seven games you win two or three more, right? And so let's just say we go on the high side, just for argumentative sake. You're seven and nine, um, seven and nine with clearly a defense that has a lot of problems. There's a lot of holes to fill, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, shouldn't address the offensive line because. Again, we need to set this team up to be successful around um, Sam Howell. But yeah, but you you got to come up plan with the offensive line, right? You got to come up with a plan. If if I'm the GM, I got to come up with a plan for a number of positions. I got to come up with a plan for linebacker. Our linebackers got to improve. Um, yeah. You know, do we do we need to invest? one way or another in a whether it's through the draft or through the free agency to get a a stud defensive end on one at least on one side um so there's there's going to be a lot of holes that we're going to have to address and there's only one number one pick right we got two i would say there's only one first round pick at this moment uh we have two second round picks so it's not so much that i need to get a an offensive lineman with my first round pick but I need to address it. You know, first, first round, second round, uh, go heavy financially free agency. It, it needs to be addressed and not just with one player, but a couple players. And it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, what the new, what we all anticipate, uh, the, the new staff, how they address it with the GM and coach and ownership and, and everything. Um, I, I don't have any doubt that they're going to put together a plan, um, and, and and honestly execute it um ron rivera i think this year more than other years put together a plan uh as far as addressing the offensive line it just didn't work um agreed yeah because mm -hmm. i mean in, in ron's four years here they haven't gone and spent really minimal money on free agency they, they've they've re-signed some of our own players with uh, Payne and Allen, but they have not gone in and, and to really bring in anybody. Uh, we've got more money coming in next year. We've got additional picks. Uh, we've we've got some what we think are some cornerstones with with Hal and Terry and Allen and Payne and um, you know St. Juice uh, is back there and playing well and. Yeah, there's but there, but there's still going to be four or five key players that we need to bring in through the draft or free agency. Uh, it's not it's not one or two. If you if you think that we're only one or two players away from uh, being a playoff team, you're wrong. We're we're five or six players uh, away. So, yeah, and and to think that there's potentially uh, the philosophy of this team could potentially change next year. Correct. Right. Certainly, it could change. Certainly, it's going to change on the defensive side. Um, I, I truly hope we do not switch from a four-three to a three-four. Um, honestly, never been a huge, huge, huge fan of three-four because you got to have special talent to do that. But right. hopefully, they stay four-three. And certainly, the offensive scheme could change depending on new GM, new coach. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of things could be changing next year, but. This game today, man, against back to this game against Seattle was a was a typical Washington game. Um, the refs 
I, I, I rarely do I blame the refs, man, but the league with the with some of the penalties that they're calling today in the league, and especially what I saw today was just I don't know what to say, man. It's just it's just hard to watch when you got guys out here trying to just play the game and they're getting called for ticky text. Um and it's only one side on the ticky tack. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and yeah, I, I hate to be, you know, this, this, and that, but a lot of times I'll, I'll just use pass interference as an example. You know, if one team gets called three or four times, the other team gets called a couple of times uh, because of the, you know, that, that standard is there because most of the players, most of the cornerbacks and safeties, they play the same style, right? They, 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 they know what the aggression level is in the NFL by, by this time of the year, what they're allowed to get away with and not get away with. And either, either we don't know, which I don't think is the case. Um, or it's the other team is playing something different. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of inconsistencies, inconsistencies with the way the, the refs called the game. Um, we saw that obviously Emmanuel Ford is getting ejected for quote unquote hit, uh, helmet to helmet. Right. And then we see it later on in the game, right? In other plays, and not only was the player not ejected, there wasn't even a flag. Not even a flag, right? Um, you know, so I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but this was a game that I think Washington needed to win. They did not get the win, obviously, but. <laughs> I said I was going to take my emotion out of this whole thing and try to look at it with an unbiased opinion, man. And I'm going to stand by that a little bit and just say, we're not good. And I really, really, I know it's an unpopular opinion, man, but to me, this whole make a run, make a push for the playoffs benefits no one. I, I, I don't know who it benefits. Because even if we even if we make a push and get in as a as the number number seven seed wild card, you potentially one and done. So, who does it benefit in terms of the playoff push? I can't think of anybody other than the players just continue to get a little bit of experience. But they're going to get that anyway. They're going to get that anyway because they got got seven games left to play. So, right, anyway. right. Um, well, we've got uh, if we're if we're looking ahead a little bit, uh, not from a playoff perspective, but just who our opponent is. Next week we play the New York Giants. Um, that was the game that was a head shaker last time we we played them and and lost to them. Um, still. Looking back, I, I I still shake my head that we lost that game, um, and it'll be interesting next week to see, you know, if we play like we did today, we play like we did against Philly. You know, we should we should take the game. Um, if we play at the level of the team that we play, uh, week in week out, you know that we'll. we'll then, then we could be in trouble. It, it'll be, it'll go down the last two minutes again. Uh, but we, we shall see. We shall see. Um, you got anything else you need to cover here for this one, uh, Reg? No, no, I don't, man. Okay. 
Well, I, I appreciate everybody listening this uh, this week and, and tuning in. Uh, we'll, we'll be coming back with a, another uh, podcast preview. covering the New York preview. Giants uh, as, a, as a preview. And as always, thank you all for listening. Till next time, peace out, knuckleheads. Peace out.